This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Here we go again. More technical problems. We live in the 21st century. Savage Unfiltered. But we're still here. Let's go to Wally. So hard to count a fucking ballot. Your host, Michael Gardner. Like a Hellcat. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. So many incredible friends and family here tonight. It's such a beautiful thing. It's, some people say, how do you speak before so many people all the time? If, when there's love in the room, it's really easy, if you want to know the truth. It really is. You ought to try it sometime. <laughs> Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African-American, with Asian, and just look at what's happening, this is a party that has become much bigger, much stronger, much more powerful, can do much more good for our country. This is a job for Grandmothers and construction workers, firefighters, builders, teachers, doctors, and farmers who cannot stay quiet any longer. You can't stay quiet any longer. You're angry about what's happening to our country. Our country is being destroyed before your very eyes. Savaged Unfiltered. Yeah, but bear with me, man. It's, uh, the, the air quality sucks uh, this week in Florida. It's making me extremely tired for some strange reason. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot of pollen, man. All those storms kicked up a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel like uh, like I'm naturally loopy or something, and I'm not even on medication. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I had a... Uh, I had Bob on from his show again, Static Radio. Uh, he wanted to introduce his co-host that he brings on, Miles. And, oh, boy, he's he's a freaking trip, man. I deleted her. Yeah, I deleted her. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
and she still was very lovely i'll say that uh yeah yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah <laughs> we got into a little bit of um, mixed reactions last last night but it was a good show man really good show a little yeah, different than so uh, the, the general political stuff that we normally talk about but uh so other than that how's it how you feeling i know last time we talked you you were under the weather yeah still on uh meds for a cold but i'm surviving oh okay yeah yeah could be a lot worse could be something else yeah yeah i um i've been having a an offset week um uh, for my listeners that are aware, you guys are aware that I said this last night on the show with uh, Bob and Miles uh, from Static Radio uh, that, um, and I'm sure Joseph, if you haven't caught the episode last night, uh, I was almost uh, killed uh, just oh quite God. recently by a uh, by a deranged uh, elderly old woman, and she wasn't paying attention. And came inches from clipping my leg and probably throwing me down the street, you know, from the car. Interesting. That was nearby your house? Uh, no, this was in downtown Orlando. And I was, I was uh, literally, I was, I was walking from uh, Church Street to Orange Avenue where the two intersections meet. And, uh, I had the I had the right away, you know, with the little the little signal thing lights up white with the little person on there saying that you can cross the street. Yep. I had the right away, and then out of out of the blue, this woman, you know, at first I didn't even know somebody was driving the car because I didn't see her at first, and then as she was driving, like making that left left hand turn, I begin to see more of her. Uh, you know, and I'm like, this lady not only killed me, but now I understand why she almost killed me. The woman could barely see over the top of her dashboard, Joe, uh, Joseph. You know, it was, oh, <laughs> let's just say I, uh, I, I, I was cussing at her with every word in the <laughs> Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> and, you know... You think in this generation, right, people will come up to you and say, are you okay? Is everything okay? No, no, Joseph. I had about 30 college students because there's a college um, university literally right in the, uh, the vicinity there of that area of downtown Orlando. And they're taking their cell phones out. They're recording and everything else. I'm like, geez, I, I'm glad I'm going to be the, the highlight of the TikTok reels, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh oh man, it was oh and th- and then this morning from that to this morning I'm running late for work and I'm trying to enjoy my cup of coffee and I'm like, you know what? I'm already running late. Let me just uh the hell with it. I'll just order an Uber instead of driving, you know, cuz I don't want to deal with traffic more. So I order the Uber and the Uber guy arrives at the house. Everything is fine. Mid trip you know, he decides to go, you know, in a uh, in a gas station and fills up his tank. And he's like, oh, by the way, he's like, uh, I, I can fill my tank. Right. I'm like, no, 
I gotta get to work. Michael Gardner, unfiltered, uncensored, uncut. Uh, I haven't heard from him yet. It's it's one of those days, you know. I don't want to go too much into the story because I uh, I actually uh, I got home around like twenty after three on the eastern part of the coastline here, folks, and I I did a premium show so. All that stuff I told you about the Uber, uh, it's it's on the premium. I, I don't I don't want to go too much into it. It's like a quick little ten minute uh, bit, so you can hear it on the premium. And I go with more into it of what happened on that crazy deranged Uber trip this morning. By the way, uh, Joseph, don't order uh, Ubers; they're not very convenient. I have never ordered any. I have never done an Uber or a Lyft at all ever yet really yeah no i've never done one i i have the app on my phone just in case but i i signed up i've never used it <laughs> yeah yeah i use it from time to time my my daughter when she comes over to visit she likes to uh you know order stuff sometimes and I'm like, you know, we do have a stove, you know, we're, we are a modern family, you know, I can cook something, but, you know, I guess it's convenient to this generation now. I don't know. Yeah, we still have a pretty prominent local taxi service. So, I mean, that's still available for use. So I, I don't. You know, I don't know how much people use the the Uber and the Lyft. I mean, I see a car every once in a while because the Lyft drivers have that purple light in their car. I do see oh, yeah. them. So, yeah, the little beacons, the little beacon light you're talking about. Yeah, like the little purple light that says Lyft in the front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's convenient, you know. And you you mentioned yellow cabs. I mean, they're I, I guess they're they're still popular in big inner cities such as you know Detroit and others. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we've got a company called Trinity. Uh, it used to be Wyandotte Cab Company. Now they're called Trinity. So, oh wow, yeah. So, uh, you know, enough of my problems that I have this week, guys, because we all have them. Now we have more problems. Uh, everybody heard the big announcement yesterday, uh, Donald Trump. Because the only force strong enough to defeat the massive corruption we are up against is you, the American people. It's true. The American people, the greatest people on earth. We love them all. Uh, it was no surprise. Uh, now running for 2024 uh, in the presidential race. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to get a little Q&A. Uh, we're going to put a Q&A, guys, in the show notes here after the show. I'd love to get your insights on this as a listener or as a follower on our platforms of what you think. Is it a good idea or is it not? I don't know, Joseph. Do you think it's a good idea? I've mixed emotions. Uh, I, I think he should have waited till after the Georgia Senate runoff. I do. And... Uh, you know, I thought that he would be coming at it from a much more graceful position with yeah. having a record to run on, but then he immediately attacked DeSantis with his desanctimonious statement, completely uncalled for and stupid. And, you know, I I thought he grew 
at, during his presidency, but it appears he didn't. He still insists on the sixth grade antics, you know, and it, it, it's different this time. He's a known commodity. He needs to bring the party together in order to win, not, uh, you know, try to divide and conquer. Uh, he's no longer a novelty item. Yeah, I know. You mentioned that on uh, the show earlier this week with, you know, uh, if Trump continues going this way, guys, Joseph said, if he continues going this way, he's going to you're, you're, you're going to reconsider your, your choice. Right. I mean, he's got to stop with the sixth grade antics. He's got to stop with the, you know, the name calling and this and that. Yeah, we want exactly, Joseph. I'm going to agree with you on, you know, this past week's episode. We do want him to attack the left without a doubt. Yeah. You know, but yeah, there's a time and a place and you're right. Fine. Attack the left with it. But within the party and, and, you know, there's ways to point out things. He, he properly pointed out Ron DeSantis his image has been rehabilitated so much uh, like Christy Nome. As governor of South Dakota, never had one second of a lockdown. Ron DeSantis can't say that. Christy yeah. Nome didn't have one second of mask mandates. Ron DeSantis can't say that. And it's okay to point those facts out. I have, but I don't do so with the sixth grade antic of calling them Ron DeSanctimonious. There's just no need for that. Yeah, yeah. It shows, you know what it does? It, you know, folks, it shows if it, it shows weakness in the party. I think it does, Joseph, you know, where he goes to that 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 demeanor, he goes to that type of characterization where he's gonna say those little nicknames. It it does. It it makes him look like a jackass of his own party. I thought he's supposed to be the new face of the Republican Party. Yeah, and he needs to if he's going to be the face of the party, he's got to be the face of the whole party. And again, that's not to say you can't criticize some people. It's just how you how you go about it. And again, now, if he wants to call uh, Democrats names, uh, people are going to, you know, have not have no problem with that. Uh, they're going to love that still. But. The, the division and separation in the party where you need the entire base to show up for you to vote uh, just isn't going to work this time around. No, no. And a lot of people are saying that Trump's poll in the GOP, uh, you know, it does pose a dilemma for 2024. Yeah, it does. You know, now it's a talk of the town. We're even getting uh, celebrities now back into the old 2616 dilemma where they were like, you know, lock him up and, you know, and uh, uh, indict him already. And, and the fact that he said he didn't, he told everyone, you don't need to win by 40 seats. You only need to win by two. That's not true. By the way, it wouldn't be the first time that he didn't tell the truth. But the fact of the matter is, on the stump, he was talking about an historic victory for Republicans. 
So this was a very odd presentation from somebody who wants to do something that has rarely been done in presidential history. In terms of presidential history, though, I mean, it has rarely been done. I mean, it's uh, what, well, who, this who, and who, that. Uh, to, to I just seen the same crap, Joseph, where they're, they're they're literally going back to that same merry-go-round like they were in 2016. And you know, talk about what went wrong in 2020. He did no question mislead in a very, very big way about what happened in 2022. Well, he Say, actually intimated that China yeah. controlled the election. Oh, well, there's that too. Okay, fair <laughs> just, point. Just for... Fair point. Thank you. Thank you for that. But um, clearly he had which, been told... Which, by 2015, way, has, yeah, with Trump, Trump out of the picture. Yeah, the Trump derangement syndrome hasn't died down at all, that's for sure. You know, yeah. and I'm neither in the Trump derangement syndrome. I don't expect there's no one that is going to be your political savior. We have to do the work too. No one is going to come along and just save us. We are required to do work. Like now they point to his record of endorsed candidates. And if for the most part, it is indeed pretty good. But where it's bad, it's horrendous. Like, costing us control of the Senate again with his failure to uh, acknowledge and be part of and helping the Georgia Senate run off last time cost us control of the Senate and Oz and Masters cost us control of the Senate again this time. The features you've been missing are waiting for you with Spotify Premium. Unlock ad-free music and unlimited skips on any device. Plus, download your music and listen offline. Even search and play exactly what you're looking for with On Demand. A world of premium is waiting. Panera at the grocery? What will you pair your Panera craving with? Dinner for one. For two. For too many. Find chef-crafted Panera soups now at your grocery. choices and just... How he could pick them is beyond anybody. And again, now he's trampling on the Georgia Senate runoff again by not waiting. And folks, whether we have a 50-50 Senate or they have a 51-49 control makes a big difference. People don't understand a 50-50 Senate kicks in a lot of, uh, of, of safeguards whereas uh, that we've been able to make use of as far as subpoena control and committee control is indeed 50-50 split. So we've been able to stop some things in the Senate with a 50-50 split. Whereas if Warnock, if Warnock defeats Walker in this runoff, they've got a 51-49 and they can do whatever the hell they want in the Senate and they will get a lot of bad liberal activist judges, uh, uh, you know, into the courts that we can't afford to have happen. Yeah, you just mentioned Herschel Walker, uh, Joseph. He said, Herschel said the uh, just yesterday when uh, Trump made the big announcement, which is not a surprise to most of us. We knew he was going to make it sooner or later. We just didn't know it was going to be this soon, right? We thought hopefully it would wait like probably like around May or June of next year. But uh, Herschel Walker was like, uh, well, I think it's a good thing. And I think this poses a good base for me in the Georgia runoff. I, I really think that Georgia is going to be behind me now uh, next month when we have the runoff race. 
I hope so. I mean, obviously, he has to spin it. <laughs> what, what happened happened. He has to spin it. Uh, but uh, the runoffs haven't been good to us. Savaged unfiltered. No, no, you know, uh, just on to other things now. Right after Trump made that announcement now, guys, we have some breaking, breaking stuff, developing stuff coming out of the FBI. Now the FBI uh, wants to come out with some new stuff using some spyware against uh, former President Trump, uh, getting into the Pegasus uh, type of crap for Trump. And they're going to dig a little bit deeper. Obviously, it's no surprise. You know, they, they see the, uh, the, the announcement from Trump and they're like, nope, nope, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. We're going to dig some more and we're going to dig some more. The Mar-a-Lago thing was weak. We're going to dig some more. We're going to dig that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. So the Pegasus that's, that they're taking after Trump now, uh, you see it a little bit deeper than the Mar-a-Lago? The origins, Joseph? I have no doubt they will try anything. They will try anything. And they wouldn't put past uh, the Democrats and the lame duck to, to continue with the January 6th farce and try to drum up some kind of charges or assign a special prosecutor or something. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're desperate, you know. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, they're desperate, you know. And uh, everybody everybody is trying their best to, to make this man not run in 2024. They hate this man. It was never like that, Joseph. I remember even liberal talk show hosts such as The View and Joy Bayar and all these other guys, you know, and uh, even conservatives at one point. Um well, let's talk about the liberals first, right? Like Joy, they, they used to love Trump. They used to bring him on a show, and they were buddy-buddy. And then all of a sudden, when he became president, oh, no, 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 he's a monster. He's he's a bigot. He's a racist. He's this and yeah. that. Yeah, there's all kinds of rap songs about Trump, too. I know. It's, it's, you know when he was doing the Celebrity Apprentice, yeah, when he was a celebrity, they all wanted to suck up to him. But, yeah. Then yeah. it became inconvenient, kind of like Kanye is to people nowadays, too, rather inconvenient. I, I still don't know all about the uh, his say, statements being anti-Semitic or not. I, I generally have a, uh, a, a red line when it comes to anti-Semitism, but I have not heard or seen anything that Makes me think that Kanye went too far. Did and did you see Chappelle for Saturday Night Live the other day making fun of the whole situation? Oh, Saturday Night yeah. Live was actually yeah. funny for a change. I I tuned in just to see Chappelle's opening remarks. Yeah, Chappelle went a little deep on that one, but it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think Jimmy Fallon had something uh, last night as well too. Uh, they all had some type of segment, uh, including it, you know, because I, uh, Trump made his announcement uh, last night around 730 in Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach. And then, you know, a few hours later, they all they all went into the little bits in their segments. But, uh, you know, at points, you know, uh, even conservatives today like Hannity and Tucker, 
They would never even give Trump the time of day to question him or interview him. Now they want him on the show constantly. You know, it's funny how much of a power wing you get, Joseph, you know, when, when you get to that point, you know, and everybody wants to, you know, bite the, bite the carpet a little harder, I guess. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. He's certainly not on Fox like he used to be. And I don't blame him. I I don't understand what the the deal with the Murdochs is again, which, uh, I, I I don't watch much Fox. I watch The Five, and I watch Gutfeld, and sometimes I watch Jesse's Prime Time. But beyond that, I I, I pretty much stay tuned out. I, I watch Newsmax or OAN instead. Yeah, yeah. There's something coming out. Uh, just uh, Sas sent it to me. Uh, thank you, Sas. I know you probably can't hear me because it's, <laughs> but uh. Uh, he sent me this just a couple minutes ago as we were talking, uh, a bit coming from Kamala Harris, uh, kind of changing the tides a little bit. Now, this was surprising coming out of even her mouth. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories and they have a resident assistant. They make really bad decisions. Where she's now uh, attacking the new generation today from the age of 18 to 34. And she said this. I don't know if you've seen this this clip, uh, Joseph, but um, he sent it uh, through his, his TikTok. I guess he's seen another video off of TikTok and he just saved it and posted it on his account. But uh, she's now saying that this generation – this age group between 18 to 30, 34 is the most stupidest generation today. They're stupid. And she's, it's coming right out of her mouth. <laughs> well, she should be kissing their ass. They're the ones yeah. that launched the red wave. They, they, but they are. I mean, they, they don't know anything. They're, they're clueless. And they were lined up around the blocks at colleges to vote for Democrats this last election because yeah. of the... Well, they're saying many in the party are... ...student loan debt relief bribe that they made that they knew was unconstitutional and it did what it was intended to do, sucker a lot of young, dumb people into voting them, for them for something they're never going to get because it's unconstitutional. And I... I Right after the election, I sent out a piece about, uh, you know, the the trend and the turnout and how that worked for them. And I said the the first bill that Republicans should put forth in Congress in January is a student debt relief bill, a lawful one. Okay. Submitted through the Congress. Michael Gardner, uncut. And here's how it should work. It should put a one-time 10% wealth tax on the endowments of all universities. Since the universities caused the problem, the universities should solve the problem and pay for it. They should also require in the bill a 10% slash of all tuition. Because the left likes price control, so let's give them a bill that they could support. And and then also, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, like, here's the thing. Like, we shouldn't allow the, these kids to not, like, just say, oh, well, I made a mistake and I wasn't thinking straight. And even the parents saying I wasn't thinking straight and, uh, you know, have them not pay for the bill. I, I, I do. I do agree with what the right is saying that, you know, these these individuals should be responsible for paying for this debt that they created. Yeah. But my point but, is a strategic one. If you put forth that bill, which would actually punish the colleges and make the colleges pay for some of the student debt because the tuitions have raised way beyond the rate of inflation and again make them slash them by 10 percent and cap any future increases to the rate of the cpi or five percent which is ever the left uh whichever is less the chuck schumer and joe biden will oppose it and we will call them out for their hypocrisy but I thought you wanted to relieve student debt and we're willing to relieve student debt and make those who caused the problem pay for yeah. it, not the local waitress or the welder or the truck driver through their tax money, the well, colleges pay for it. They will Good. oppose it because, of course, they're really for the professorial and administrative ruling elites who line their pockets during campaign season. It's not well, about debt got, relief. It was always a ploy. Yeah, you got to remember this, Joseph. Like, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is on a veto trip right now, a power trip. He even said, uh, similar to what we're talking about, but on another uh, topic, he said that if the GOP passes the uh, the abortion bill, he's going to veto it. So if he's going to veto with that, you, you don't think he's he's not going to veto this? Sure, he's going to veto it. He's going to be like, oh no, I don't agree with it. I'm just going to veto it. Exactly, but make make him veto it. Call his bluff. Put him on the record as vetoing uh, student debt relief, a legal form, which he knew all along his attempt to do it by executive order was illegal and unconstitutional. It's why he did it, and it worked. It suckered a lot of morons. Little Caesars Detroit-style deep dish that's actually from Detroit with caramelized crispy cheese edges. Pizza, pizza. I, I don't know, man. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said that, well, that certainly may have been on the 2022 midterm ballots, but the student loan forgiveness, we're not going to have a problem with the 2024 election because that's not going to be on the ballot, folks. Oh, you don't think so? Yeah, right. Of course it will be talk. It'll be a talk of the town by 2024. We're talking about it now. It's creating huge amount of deficit in this country. Uh, taxpayers are literally putting the, the, the burden you know, behind their paychecks and their wallets from this crap, putting it into the, into the government. Uh, you know, there's, there could be so many things, Joseph, that we could do on a responsible scale. But, you know, you can't say that to a president right now that has no idea even to how to tackle it or come up to an agenda. You know, all he wants to do is just veto things. Oh, it just doesn't work out. No, we're going to veto it. No, no, I, I don't understand it. I'm going to veto it. Well, why don't you sit down, Mr. President, with your staff, with your advisors, with everybody in the White House and look at the bill, understand it first, see where the where the weakness is coming from, where the flaws are coming from, see how we can achieve things rather than 
constantly, constantly bicker batter about stupid shit. That's all you see, Joseph. They bicker batter. There's, there's no, there's no um, uh, resolution coming out of this party, you know. But I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, Bill Clinton vetoed everything at first too. So, but Joe Biden is not Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was ultimately still a somewhat reasonable pragmatist and cared about his legacy. So he signed welfare reform eventually. Uh, Joe Biden would never do it. Would never do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also a, uh, a thing uh, coming out I seen earlier today, uh, earlier this morning. I seen it and I'm like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. And I read it and it says, will the GOP learn that going fringe isn't a winning strategy? <laughs> I I didn't think they had to go fringe. Uh, fringe. Why would they have to go fringe? Yeah, I don't think they went fringe in most cases. So, you know, uh, Dr. Oz was not a fringe candidate. He was just a bad candidate. He was late, easily labeled as a carpetbagger. Same with Masters. Masters, they might try to label as a fringe candidate, but, you know, they were just labeled as not of the state not really from the state they were trying to represent, and they lost. Joseph, and you know why? The Senate. You, you know why, you know, now that I understand this now, you know why Trump endorsed him, right? He endorsed him more as a, as, as a hype man for that movement in the GOP. Yeah. I think Trump knew that Dr. Oz was going to lose, but it was, it was more of a, uh, a publicity thing. I, I think that's why he did it. Well, he did it for the name recognition. He thought Oz, as a celebrity, since Trump was elected as a celebrity, that the celebrity would would win out. Literally, a vegetable beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing it, you know. And, you know, is it going to, the result of Dr. Oz and, uh, you know, key key factors that uh, that that Trump did endorse during the midterms is it going to play a big fact in the twenty twenty four election? Uh, it could, it could. I mean, but you got to remember, there's a you know, just because Doctor Oz lost, you know, it, it really didn't ultimately destroy the party. I mean, no, we, we, and again, his track record of endorsements is still pretty good. It's just you know. The size of his blunders. <laughs> uh, like, well, you got to remember, outweigh a lot of the good. Like JD Vance, JD Vance won in Ohio, but JD Vance uh, lagged uh, way behind in DeWine's vote. Walker should have won without a runoff, but Walker lagged way behind Kemp in Georgia. The Trump yeah. candidates lagged behind other candidates and it cost us in these closer races yeah I mean, you gotta remember oz was a candidate he, he didn't campaign for 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 one damn bit i mean yeah, yeah he said little speeches here and there and kind of rallied up the crowd you know at different events and stuff yeah yeah he did but but his campaigning was what it sucked it was weak there was, there was really no funding coming in 
there was there was really no message being spread up across. You know, oh, I'm Doctor Oz, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Fetterman, and he he's a terrible man. I mean, don't get me wrong, folks. That's great to hear, but don't run on that constantly. People are gonna drop it, and they're gonna be like, this guy ain't for real. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's be clear too, though the old guard has plenty to blame for this last election too. I mean, where was Pat Tomey? Tomey, he resigned. Uh, he uh, retired. He uh, gave I, up. I, I didn't see any fight in him to help Oz to try to hold that Senate seat either. So Joseph, he he gave up. He knew that uh, Doctor Oz was 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 a weak candidate. He he knew that that uh. That Trump made a mistake. I think that's why he did it. We would have held that Senate seat if if Trump would have endorsed Barrett instead of Oz. But you know, it is what it is. You can't look back. And and I know a lot from the inside. People like you know, Oz had money. Oz could use his own money. A lot of people think that a candidate with his own money helps. That it's a shoe-in, then that they can buy the race, but that isn't always the case. Yeah, yeah. Now there's something here I want to get into here, uh, guys. With this, um, we got into it in the beginning with uh, Trump and Doc uh, and DeSantis, or what Trump likes to call them, Doctor DeSantis, right? Now Trump is saying this that uh, Ron DeSantis, right, or DeSantis. Is, uh, is playing games. He's angry that DeSantis wouldn't rule out running for president in 2024 because Trump really wants to know where DeSantis stands for the 2024 platform. He wants to know, you know, Ron, are you going to stay as governor of Florida or if are you going to flip the paddle uh, somewhere in the middle from now to 2024 and say, you know what? I'm going to go into the uh, the, the presidency. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go into the race. I think it's driving Trump crazy. And there's been talks that Trump has been uh, talking to Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz out of Texas to see if they can get some dirt on uh, on DeSantis to see where he stands. Uh, because here's some things right here. Uh, we heard just recently, right, with the whole term. Uh, Florida is where woke goes to die. I plugged that in my social uh, last week and a little bit of earlier this week. I agree with that to an extent. And I think Trump does uh, because Trump runs off of that type of uh, uh, platform, so to speak. But here's something right here. There's a lot of things, Joseph, saying why the Republicans are refusing to convict Trump on impeachment charges. Uh, there's a lot of people saying, you know, how come – even the Republicans won't agree with Democrats and, you know, uh, leadership such as Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on trying to in, uh, to convict Trump on impeachment charges, you know, like uh, prior to that. And then also try to convict them into the currency of what's going on right now with Mar-a-Lago. I can tell you right now, here's the thing. Joseph, they want Trump to run in 2024 because they know Trump can clean up what's going on right now with the um, the Saudis, with uh, Russia, with the Ukraine conflict. They know that Trump can can use terms such as blackmailing countries in order to create peace because he's done it before. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, as far as uh, DeSantis goes, I mean, he's playing it uh, correctly as far as the traditional game goes of a governor who is considering running. You, you got you, you can't declare president for president the day after you won the governorship. You got to give it time, and there's plenty of time. There's no need for Trump to have announced the other day. You you can wait till spring of next year. Mm. Well, you see his speech last night. I don't know if you caught that one part where he was kind of smearing the uh, the uh, the 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 guy out of California, uh, not California, Colorado. Excuse me. Savage, unfiltered. That, uh, that guy Joe O'Deer. O'Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that how you say it? O'Day or Deer? Yeah, O'Day. Uh, basically, calling it a death wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> At the pe- that's what the people wanted, right? I mean, how, how can you say it's a death wish, Trump? I mean, you can- <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a death wish? It's going a little extreme. But then he also went into saying um, he made a racist crack crack against uh, Glenn Youngkin's name, uh, where Trump cry- tried to undermine the governor name. He's got to be careful on how he words these things, Joseph. Nice for you, buddy. Within the party, yes, he does. You know, because, uh, you know, thank goodness Youngkin got elected. Uh, is Youngkin perfect? No. Is anybody perfect? No. Is Trump perfect? Hell no. <laughs> and I, you know, on a personal level and a principle and values and uh, level. I'm not going to agree with anybody 100%. If you agree with somebody 100%, then you're probably just being a lackey, you know, a cultist. So, but here's the, here's the thing, Joseph. Why, why in, in the hell? And, and guys, don't get me wrong. I support Trump. I support his movement and his messages. He makes uh, clearly great messages behind this great movement that we have, you know, behind him. He does. Don't get me wrong. But what 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 strikes me is he goes to an extent levels sometimes on attacking some of his own party, uh, you know, uh, colleagues, you know, with DeSantis. And then, you know, recently before he became friendlier uh, again with uh, Marco Rubio, he was attacking Marco Rubio a couple of years uh, prior to this. Yeah. Like, what's the meaning behind that? I, I, why is he doing this? Is it is it some type of. Uh, strategy or something that we don't know of, or I don't know. I, it, you know, I, I think it's a mental deficiency myself. And but again, like you said, I, I mean, the whole MAGA movement is a great thing, and I, it's it's wonderful. It's good. We need to keep it going. I agree. There, it's just, uh, you you you. You have to get you get elected by addition, not subtraction, as the saying goes. Yeah. And everybody would be happy with him continuing to attack Liz Cheney. Right? She's out, she's gone. But attacking our seated governors is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, let's let's fast forward a little bit. Let's just say we're in 2024. The general election is tomorrow. Uh, on the ticket is obviously the Republican nominee, 
There we go. Uh, Donald Trump and on, or I said it backwards, the Democrat, Joe Biden, the Republican, Donald Trump. There we go. Glass of water. Thanks. I need it. But uh, as a running mate, Joseph, who do you see Trump picking? Um, I, I mentioned this to Sauce before, and I really never mentioned it to you. Uh, Sauce is thinking possibly Carrie Lake possibly coming into the uh, the presence there right around 2024 as his VP. I'd like to see him pick Christy Nome. And for all the people who think it would be great to have this great compromise ticket of Trump and DeSantis, it cannot happen by law. It's well, it's conflict of interest, isn't it? It's the reason why the Cheneys moved from Texas to Wyoming. You cannot have a seated president and vice president from the same state. So that can't happen. I'd like to see it. Carrie Lake lost. If Carrie Lake would have won, then perhaps it could have happened. But I still think that it would have been too certain to turn around and make her VP. I think Christy Nome is the established one. Uh, she stayed constitutionalist. Home helps with the flyover states. You, you've got to think strategically. We don't need help with Florida and Texas. If those states aren't in our column automatically, then there's no sense in even running for president. You, you've no, 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 Joseph, I'm talking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She, she would be a tremendous help from Georgia because I think we need help with Georgia. Georgia's a little bit of a, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that could help. But yeah, some, <laughs> you need somebody that indeed can help with the battleground states. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is another one that's been demonized so much that I don't know if it would work. Whereas a Christy Nome, she has a solid track record while which she was in Congress, a solid track record with her being uh, governor of South Dakota. Yeah. And uh I, I don't think they can attack her as much as they can, like a, a Marjorie Taylor Greene, or you know. I I just hope he doesn't pick. Uh, that, a lot of people are thinking Tulsi Gabbard will be the pick. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. And, yeah. and I've been very resistant to it until recently because she's a Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum stooge. The only yeah. reason she left the Democrat Party is she knew she'd never be able to run for that president again as that. And if she positions herself as an independent and becomes Trump's VP, that's her path to the presidency. And you know what? I've weakened my stance some of saying I could never support a ticket with her on it because we, we have got to take back the presidency in 2024 and worry about 2028 when it gets here. So what if he I, went? Yeah, hold on. What if he went with something probably that would probably shock people? Uh, now I don't know if it would work because it like she has been in the inner circle uh, of the presidency there when he was president. Um, I want to say two two choices. I would want to say uh, possibly the new governor of Arkansas. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, that could be a good pick. Or, yeah, yeah, or, or, um, Kaylin Menachini. But 
again, if he were to do that, that's showing more of that conflict of interest thing. You know what I mean, Joseph? Like, oh, well, you know, he's only picking them because, you know, they were part of the circle. They were part of the administration and this and that. And he's picking them because they're, well, obviously they're women. But now they have bigger, you know, platforms under their belt. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would I would like to see him pick a woman. I don't want him going to the old roots of picking Pence. I, I think Pence got sloppy towards the end of it. And it just didn't work out to the beginning of what Trump imagined Pence to be as a yeah, vice there president. Would, there would be no way he would pick Mike Pence uh, for VP again. So I, I don't think that's an issue. But yeah, you know, it's a wide open... A, a lot can still happen between now and then. We've got to wait and see. It's way too early in a way to be, you know, speculating. Because uh, another potential choice is Nikki Haley as a kind of a men the party kind of, because she's more of an establishment type. Although she was great as UN ambassador. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to rag on her, but... Uh, you know, again, I, I, I would have to hold my nose no matter who he picks because we absolutely cannot, uh, you know, whoever the nominee, whether it's Trump or somebody else, we absolutely cannot allow Biden or Kamala or Hillary if she steps in at the last minute to become president in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Pence did mention that in his book, uh, So Help Me God, uh, That's that was just released uh, this past Tuesday. And uh, he had mentioned a lot of that, you know, uh, from his former boss there in the book. And I don't know, I was going to pick it up, but then I was going to say, you know, this might be one of these books that uh, Pence has, uh, you know, a dark secret of bashing Trump and everything. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll pick up the... Uh, the the ebook or something when it goes on sale or whatever, but there's a uh, there's a poll coming out on USA Today, and uh, they're saying that the voters Joseph are already they they already made up their minds. Forty nine percent for Democrats for twenty twenty four Republicans fifty four percent, and then uh, Independents fifty four percent. There's a there's a a split decision so to speak between Republicans and Demo- uh, Independents. So. But that's a good thing, you, you know. Those they're talking about a red wave. Maybe we'll see a red wave finally in uh, in twenty twenty four. Who knows? Yeah. Well, the issue will be whether those young voters show up to vote again after they find out they've been fooled and tricked into voting for Biden or for Democrats after that. The uh, with the promise of the student loan bribe that isn't going to happen. Uh, but we need to continue the trend, and we did see it on election night. There were other factors that offset it, but the trend of working class blacks and Hispanics starting to move towards the GOP, and nobody but Trump started that. Trump deserves every bit of the credit for that. Been saying it for decades. We needed to do more to reach out to those communities, and Trump was the only one who finally bothered to do so. Uh, wow. So he deserves all the credit for that, and we need to continue that momentum. the The question is, of course, uh, 
two years from now, there'll be another 5 million illegals in this nation uh, and likely Democrats giving them an ID to vote with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I seen some bits and pieces of that, but you, you just touched on something here as we close it up, you know, uh, you're talking about Hispanic voters and black voters and everything else. Uh, now, this is a new uh, a new article coming out of Gallup. And Gallup wrote this saying that now if the House flips red because literally uh, we haven't had a decision maker on the House, we think it's going to it's going to be red because it's I, I, the last time I checked, it was just 218 to 209. So it's it looks like it could be flipping any day now, any moment now. Now, coming out of the Equal Ground Education Fund, which is a Black Voters Matter uh, Capacity Institute here in the state of Florida, which also represents the League of Women Voters here in Florida, saying, if the House flips red, folks, you can thank Florida for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I actually would dispute that. Uh, Really? I think in a way you'd be able to thank New York and California because a lot of the seats have gone red. Even though Zeldin didn't get elected in New York, we picked up several seats in New York. And depending on the fraudulent count still going on in California, that looks to be true there too, where a lot of the seats have gone red. So Yeah, but they were blocked though, Joseph. I'm talking about like a whole red piece of the map these are little blotches on on new york and california they've got a lot of they've got a lot of congressional districts though though florida does not no yeah you're right about that yeah yeah the raw numbers you know but yeah i mean uh, florida was pretty much the only place there was a red wave so uh, i mean there's that to be happy about now, if Miami didn't turn red and stayed blue like they have been for years, yeah, we would have seen a different scenario get played out. But, I mean, the way DeSantis flipped Miami-Dade County was was unprecedented. Like, no one would have imagined that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's – we got to see what what's going to happen. You know, there's a lot to get played out, you know, and – um now that we have the official announcement from president or former president trump saying that he's going to run in 2024 now we we're, now we're questioning on who is his vice president pick going to be who is he going to pick for his running mate is it going to be a man is it going to be a woman let's let's do some shits and giggles here on the show because i like having fun uh joseph is it going to be a transvestite oh i don't know <laughs> Well, there could there could be one there okay. <laughs> that could be a consideration. Blair White. Oh who God! You know who Blair White is? God. <laughs> you know, could he go really wild and uh, nominate a Candace Owens? Yeah, yeah, that would be a wild pick. Uh, I think a lot of people would love to see that happen with Candace Owens. I mean, she's a very educated. A young black woman. And, you know, she speaks out against a lot of what's going on, even in her own race with Black Lives Matter and diversity issues and 
division. And if he could pick her as a running mate, what do you think that would do to the black communities all over the country? Yeah, it would be interesting. It would sure be interesting. It certainly you know what he could have done the first time. But since he's had four years as the president, he's now the an insider candidate to some degree. He's a known quantity. So he could indeed pick a complete outsider like that. Uh, although it would still probably be unlikely, but that would definitely shake things up. But Joseph, if he picked Candace Owens on what I just mentioned with all those issues affecting the black communities here in America, you know what that would do, right? That would literally piss off Barack Obama on stuff that he tried to even accomplish in his eight years of presidency. <laughs> and he would probably, you son of a bitch. You know, because <laughs> she's getting it done and he's not, you know, I mean, yeah, that would piss him off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Kanye, again, he's he's a uh, an unknown quantity here now. He's still popular among a lot of people, but this the borderline anti-Semitic comments, and if he doesn't watch it, if he if he says something else, then he he will be tainted and tarnished. Uh, but if, if he can get back in good graces of people again, it would be like almost having two running mates because Candace and Kanye are so close. Uh, he would be out there supporting the ticket too, which mm. which you know. Uh, could help. I mean, it, 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 it opens people's eyes and ears to at least hopefully listen. Uh, if they buy the message or not, I don't know. I think they would. I think many of them would. They should, because privately in the barbershops and, and, you know, the back rooms and that, Blacks and Hispanics are far more conservative than how they vote. So, oh, yeah. Well, they do, they do, they do paint the picture with uh, with Kanye as well as Elon, and uh, and and Trump as the modern social media influencers that matter because when they speak, you know, to volumes, it, it gets out. So yeah, I I agree what you're saying there. Yeah, and since you mentioned Elon, I'm still waiting to see if my permanent suspension will be reversed or not it hasn't yet i know he's been busy here in florida with the uh the spacex program that we just we just had a rocket launch here uh earlier this morning around like one it was around 1 2 a.m uh eastern and i didn't know what the hell it was at first because i you know i i went out to you know walk the dog and and everything and i'm looking and the whole Damn, I mean, when you live in Central Florida, Joseph, you, I mean, the whole damn sky, you know, glows orange, you know, <laughs> and I yeah. didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, I was, you know, I was half asleep. I'm walking a dog and you see, especially Central Florida, when you live in Central Florida, even in Orlando, I mean, Orlando is like roughly the section of Orlando I live is roughly about 40, 45 miles west of Cape Canaveral. So I could still feel that sonic boom uh, type of effect, you know, 
and you feel that and it's oh it's what an experience i i it's hard to explain over the air i I would have to have you sitting next to me or in front of me to have the discussion with you but i'm looking at it and i'm like what the fuck is that and it's the whole damn sky is like bright orange and i remember i'm like oh yeah it's another it's another falcon nine so yeah, that's odd. Because that, normally the launch windows are still usually during the day. I wonder. I would be curious to hear why the launch window would have been one two in the morning. They, there must have been some specific reason for it. I've been to the Kennedy Space Center, but I've never been down there during a launch. It's one thing I wish I would have been able to do, but it, it never materialized. Yeah. Well, Joseph, they've been doing a lot of launches as of late, early in the morning, between that 12 a.m. to like 4 a.m. Uh, schedule. I have no idea. Uh, I, I At first, I thought maybe because of weather patterns, you know, but we, we've had some spotty weather here and there in the last couple of weeks, but they've been doing this now for the last several weeks. Oh, yeah, and they, there could be uh, secret military payloads, too, so... Well, there was, did you read the story here? We'll close it out here with this one story, and then, I, and then we'll get going. But did you hear the one story relating to what you had said, a secret story or something? There was a, um, a thing that came up in the Florida Today that I was reading uh, just two days ago. And uh, I'll, I don't have that paper. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to uh, go online, folks, and I'm going to screenshot it, and I'm going to take my highlighter – uh, on the software, and I'm just going to highlight the the article that you can read, and you can I'll, I'll post it on Instagram and Facebook, and you can see exactly what I'm talking about on the show. That Joseph, they have been doing some secret type of uh, stealth missions uh, with these rockets and other things, where they're going into that 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 um, that type of uh, uh, tactic. I have no idea why. But they have been doing things like weird, weird uh, routines with these rockets, like where they launch them and then the rockets come right back into the uh, the launch pad. It's crazy. I don't I don't know why, why they why they're doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah, you got to you got to you got to read the article. Like I said, I'll uh, I'll find it. It was like. Two three days ago, I can go on to FloridaToday.com and I can I can screenshot it and then just highlight it. But uh, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I usually am a little huffy puffy on the show, but it's this fucking allergies today. I think it's the pollen count. It's making me drowsy for some reason. Yeah, but, uh, the weather's finally gotten to the temperatures it should be up here and everybody seems to have caught a cold from it. So yeah, I'm still sluggish from the sinus meds and that, but yeah, I'm going to be heading out for dinner now. It's four o'clock ish my time. So I need to get something in my stomach uh, so that these meds don't rip apart my stomach. Oh, wow. Oh, and one last thing, guys. I want to apologize on Sauce's behalf. Uh, a lot of people question where Sauce is on the show. Uh, Sauce is actually in the uh, state of Alaska. Uh, had some family issues. Uh, let's just say family issues. I don't want to go too much into that personal on the air, but uh, Sauce has been off the air to deal with some things on a personal scale, and he's actually in Alaska just trying to escape everything. 
uh, not that he's in trouble or nothing, but, you know, escape, you know, everything, you know, the uh, family turmoil and all that other stuff. So the, one of the reasons why Sassy even hasn't had, uh, you know, a couple shows, you know, on his regular schedule. But uh, I'm told that he wants to do a show this Saturday and Sunday with me. And I'm like, OK, not a problem. So just wanted to make that announcement to you guys here, the listeners, to let you know Sasha's whereabouts. Sasha's OK, but he's just dealing with a lot right now. Other than that, Joseph, I'm going to close it out, buddy. Enjoy your dinner, man. All righty. Take care, everybody. See you around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.